the professionals of professionalism proudly present Lewis Howard Live. Your crisp communicator with principal insights for pop culture with a tech edge. And now a man who needs no introduction, Lewis. Hey, yes, indeed, this is Lewis Howard, and you are listening to another edition podcast program of Lewis Howard Live, and I am here and excited to be here to bring you whatever is the next best thought, insight, wisdom, conversation, help you become the best version of yourself. Thank you always to new listeners. We've got new listeners from Apple, Stitcher, uh, Podcast.com. They're just all over, and uh, we're expanding, reaching into uh, multiple countries. Uh, Shout out to our Italianos that are tuned in. Of course, Canada, Philippines, Australia. So we appreciate we're reaching many people, many voices, and uh, we appreciate being able to have the opportunity to share with you, me and my entire team that helps me produce this show. We appreciate that. Hey, today we're talking about influence. Influence, a powerful tool. Influence does a lot uh, in our culture and in the space that you operate in. How do you have influence? What does that mean when I can influence a decision? Well, a woman knows what it means when she can influence the decision of her husband. Right? I can influence somebody into doing something that I want them to do. However we do that, we can use it. Sometimes we bribe people. Sometimes we withhold people, things from people. Well, people use different levels to influence. But I'm really talking about a different kind of influence. It's a natural kind of influence. It's an influence that's really unscript, outer laying kind of influence in our a culture, and uh, you know, influence is you know what is it? Is it money? Is it power? Is it looks? Is it the girl who's got ten thousand followers? Are she the influencer? We've come up with these new names called social media influencers, right? How do you get there? If I have a million followers, that make me an influencer. Right? If I have money, if I'm Jeff Bezos and I'm back the richest man in the world again. Is that my influence? Well, certainly we would say to some degree, yeah. Is it looks, right? Is the handsome, you know, Jake Gillencall or Brad Pitt? That's the look. Is that gives me the influence because I'm built a certain way and look a certain way, and so therefore I automatically get looks. Is it craziness? Do we like crazy and people get You know, they go off, they go crazy, and uh, they have influence because we're afraid of their craziness. So we let them do what they want to do. What's influence? And what kind of influence do I want over my life? Do I want fearful influence that I'm only doing this because I'm afraid of the consequences? Or do I want positive 
influence and I want to be influenced by some person, place, or thing because it's the right thing sort of to do. I think one of the most popular influences on television today, you probably won't even guess this, right? And since we're not interactive, I'm going to have to tell you, but I would like to spend time trying to see if you could guess it because you probably would not guess who the most popular person is right now that has been influencing television in the last 10 years. It's not Oprah. It's not Dr. Phil. It's not Ellen. It's not Anderson Cooper, right? Can you think of anybody else that you would say, that person's a great influencer, that person's on TV all the time? Nope, it's somebody you would not think of. It's Flo. Do you know who Flo is, right? Flo has been coming into your home for 10 years, right? Since 2008, Flo has been the spokesperson for progressive insurance, Name your pricing tool, right? And Flo is one of the most successful and longest-running ad campaigns in American television. Did you know that? That her group and following is iconic among audiences uh, following her because of her show. Flo has built a fan base like no other. We like Flo. We like our pricing tool, but why? Why does Flo have so much influence, right? Flo is not the richest person in the world. We would argue Flo is not the prettiest person in the world, right? Flo doesn't show any kind of crazy, right? A little bit, but not to anything that we would say. Flo doesn't have power. She doesn't hold political power. She's not royal. Why do we like Flo? Why is Flo so powerful? So while you go Google that and you think on that, let me share these statistics with you about our dear friend, Flo. Progressive business has more than doubled from $13 billion in 2008 to nearly $30 billion today because of Flo. Okay. According to the company, the growth rate over the same time period, which accelerated to 21% of the company's, uh, based on the company's most recent earnings at the end of a quarter. This is roughly double that against the closest next property insurance and casualty company in the industry. That's flow. One person. One woman dressed in white with bright red lipstick has influenced millions of people to go out and buy progressive insurance to the tune of literally doubling the business of progressive, right? Needless to say, Flo has found her voice. Flo found her village. Flo has found her tribe, and her tribe loves her, right? So really, this is about finding your voice, right? You have to find your voice, because when you find your voice, you find your village, you find your tribe, or you find your tribe, you find your village, and you find your voice. However, it's linked, but it is linked. Voice, village, and tribe are connected. What are you voicing, 
right? Ask your own self, what are you voicing, right? Uh, I think I've said this before in, in shows that uh, one of my older movies I used to like called Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts and, and, and Richard Gere, and she gets off the street, and she's walking, and she's a call girl, a high-end prostitute, and Richard Gere falls for her. But in the middle, there's this extra guy standing on the street <laughs> shouting. His voice can be heard in the scene, and all he's saying is, Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? That was his voice. That's it. That's all he said. But I remember that voice as much as I remember anything else that goes into the movie. Welcome to Hollywood. He found his voice. What's your voice? Right? Has life taken away your shout? Do you not have a voice? Can you not speak up for yourself? Or are you using your voice for the wrong things, and therefore you're off track, you're using your voice to just yell at your kids or yell at your husband or yell at your wife, not sure that's the best use of a voice. A voice gives sound and gives words to it. Flo has demonstrated that in a 30 or 60 second commercial, she's been able to use her presence and her voice to help grow a worldwide audience and double the business of an insurance company. It's amazing. It's amazing, right? So Flo has found her village. And really, when you look back at the history of it, I went back and I studied the history of how Flo came to be. It was really an unplanned uh, event. It was really based on one phrase that was uttered in a different uh context within a spot they were making that caught on with the demographic and progressive went with from there. That's it. It wasn't planned. It wasn't like, hey, we're going to make Flo this iconic history-making spokesperson for progressive, and that's how she's going to have her voice, and that's how her tribe's going to do it. You can't plan this stuff, right? You can't plan it. Sometimes it happens in a moment, right? Uh, in 1984, there was a smaller company called Wendy's Hamburgers. It wasn't the big company that you know of today, but Wendy's was coming along, started by Dave, right? He used to do all of his commercials, and he was doing okay. He wasn't doing bad. Wendy's had a fairly decent market share, but pretty much most of the market share at that point was dominated by Burger King and McDonald's, right? Kind of the Pepsi-Coke thing. Wendy's wasn't really a conversation because Wendy's took too long to make their burgers and, and they put all this extra stuff into it. And so they cost a little bit more versus the 99 cents hamburger that McDonald was throwing at you or the grilled hamburger that Burger King was giving while they were telling you you could have it your way. But something happened with Wendy's in 1984 that has forever changed Wendy's market share of the hamburger business. You know what that was? In 1984, an actress named Claire uttered these words. She said, where's the beef? When she did that in that commercial, go Google it. It's on, it's on the YouTube. When she said, when she leaned over to the table, basically putting down the competition of the smaller hamburger and said, where's the beef? The market share for Wendy's triple literally overnight and Wendy's has not looked back since 35 years ago one word one phrase 
Claire, where's the beef, changed the trajectory of Wendy's business. One person found her voice, reached her tribe, and reached her village and helped change the revenue of a company. Many of you may not know Lee Iacocca, but Lee Iacocca is uh, recently passed away, but he was an automotive industry icon. Lee Iacocca, for many of you that are driving one today, designed the Mustang, designed the Ford Mustang in 1966. I remember the song Mustang Sally, right? You better slow your Mustang down. Lee Iacocca was the one that made that song possible because he designed and marketed the Mustang that we enjoy today and all the different versions of a Mustang. But Lee Iacocca was also the chairman of Chrysler Corporation, which was failing at the time in the 80s. He was head of Chrysler, and Chrysler was going into bankruptcy. Chrysler was failing. And Lee Iacocca became the spokesperson for Chrysler and started making these ads promoting Chrysler products. Again, he was doing okay, wasn't breaking any records. But Lee Iacocca did one spot, and he said these words. And when he said these words, it changed the whole auto sales numbers for Chrysler. And Lee Iacocca made this statement. He said, if you can find a better car than Chrysler, buy it. Wow. Simple words. If you can find a better vehicle than Chrysler, buy it. And people didn't do it. They bought Chrysler's by the tons, right? One person, one voice, reached a tribe and reached a village. In 2000, a host of a reality television show sitting in a boardroom uttered one single phrase that changed employers forever. He uttered this phrase. What is it? You're fired. And launched a historical ratings for a show called The Apprentice. One word, you're fired. Or two words, you're fired. Okay? That man, Donald Trump, right? As we know, President of the United States of America today. Like him, love him, hate him, ignore him, but he uttered those phrases in that boardroom and as a result, changed reality television with those simple words, all right? So we're talking about, if you're just joining us, I'm giving you these examples of how one person, we started talking about flow and our massive impact, but we're also just talking about different people throughout history that have found their voice, that have said one thing or done something that made a huge difference that we we follow those phrases and they become part of American folklore, part of American history. In 1999, Tom Cruise was playing a sports agent called Jerry Maguire, right? In a movie, Jerry Maguire. And in a pressure-packed moment in dealing with his client, played by Cuba Gooden Jr., he uttered these phrases that forever changed economic terms. And he said this, show me the money. <laughs> show me the money. That one phrase has changed how we have viewed money forever. Show me the money. 
right? That phrase changed how people, when they're in deals, would discuss and do a deal and then get stuck somewhere and then they would just yell out, show me the money. Show me the money. Thank you, Tom Cruise. Show me the money. So these are just phrases. I'm just giving you an example of there's a pathway to find your voice. Now, these are mainly orchestrated situations, right? You say, well, that's easy because maybe a director told them to say that or it was a commercial and so it's fictional and it wasn't real. So I could I could see how that could happen if, you know, if I were put in that context, I could find my voice too. Well, let me give you another example that was outside of that context that was, again, unscripted. In 2008, a freshman center, senator, an African-American from Chicago, Illinois, stood on a campaign stage and in the course of his campaign speech said, yes, we can. Uttered those three words, and those three words became the slogan for his rise to become the first African-American president of the United States of America. All on three words. Yes, we can. Unscripted, not television, really part of an inspiration and a motivation to reach a tribe, a group of people, and win the highest political office in America. One voice, one tribe, one group. So if they can do it, you can do it, right? How did these individuals connect with a large group of people in such a real way? Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to share with you what I believe is some of the ways flow became flow and Barack became president of the United States and Jerry Maguire became the show me the money guy. We're going to share with you what I think are some insights that you can apply in your own life to find your voice, find your tribe, find your village, and make a difference in your world. Hey, you've tuned in to Lewis Howard Live. I'm Lewis Howard. We're going to take a quick break, give a shout-out to our sponsor. We'll be right back after these brief words. So don't switch the dial, the button, the handle, the knob, whatever you're working on to listen to the show. We'll be right back. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today. The mission of the Millionaire Club Charity is to provide jobs and support services to those in need in the Puget Sound region. Since 1921, the Millionaire Club Charity has operated a supportive employment program that specializes in helping people who are experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment. Temporary Staffing Solutions connects men and women with employment opportunities to over 1,100 businesses and residences in the greater Seattle area. The Millionaire Club also addresses the housing needs of its workers through transitional housing. To learn more and to get involved, go to millionaireclub.org or call 206 728 jobs. Hey, this is Lewis Howard, and I appreciate you joining us today. Spend a few minutes to have a tech pop culture conversation. Keep it real. I'm hoping that each time we do these shows that you get one thought, one idea, 
that can make a difference in your next step, your next move, your next play, your next deal, that makes it worth it to take the steps to become the best version of yourself. That's what it's all about, right? I'm not trying to become a billionaire doing this. I'm not trying to sell a million books doing this. I'm not pimping out my businesses doing this. This is because I believe that there are people listening to this show that want to be a better version of yourself. You're tired of the games. You're tired of the lies. You're tired of the, the short end of the stick. And you want to get it real. I've been through it. I just paid off $1.3 million in debt. I've been marketing, selling, housing, financing, real estate for close to three decades. I work in a nonprofit organizations to help families go from homeless to housing. This is what I do every day among producing these podcasts. I think we've pushed, produced over 300 shows, three best-selling books, all so I can reach you. It's not about my ego. This is about really reaching you and helping you become the best version of yourself. So I'm glad that you've taken the time to sit along in this kind of fireside conversation that we're having today. We're talking about how to find your voice in your business, in your relationship, right? One of the big movements that's going around and what political activists use is find your voice, speak up, right? And usually they're referring to an issue or something that they want you to support them on, and they want to, you to voice your support, voice your vote, voice your money. But I really, I want to talk about something bigger. I'm talking about voice your influence, voice your life. Did you know, as a woman, you have amazing influence? You know, to all the women out there, your voice, man, can make or break a guy. The right tone of a woman's voice can bring a man to his knees. The wrong tone to a, a woman's voice to make him run out the door, right? So your voice has impact. A dad's voice has impact over the children. But you, dad can say something in a certain way, and you know there is no negotiating with that. We're just going to go take the bath and go to bed because that's the end of that conversation, right? A boss's voice can have influence on, over you in a couple different ways. They can promote you, they can critique you, or they can fire you. Right. So people have different influences in different ways. And all of it comes to using your presence and using your voice. So we gave some examples in the previous segment of flow and the progressive, how she's impacted, how people in different movies have impacted, how people in the political realm have impacted simply by fi uh, finding a few words to say. Right. And you and your social media, you know that on your Facebook and your Instagram, there are certain things that you post about that it gets voice. People follow it. You get more likes on that. Right. When you post pictures of your dog, you get a lot of likes. Right. You have a lot of influence from that post or of your kids or your adventures or your craziness. Right. We have traction but most of it don't last right it's 24 hours of likes and then you got to go post something else and it becomes that old addiction of trying to keep people following you but i'm talking about saying something that can last jerry Maguire ain't making jerry Maguire every day he did it one time in 1999 and 20 20 years later we're still listening to it right we're still being impacted by what he said in one scene of a movie. We're still being impacted by Barack's Obama election to the president of the United States. That's still history. That didn't go away, right? That's, that will remain forever, forever in the history 
of American politics that. So I want to do something that remains in history. I don't want to do something that just lasts for a day post, a week post, or good, and then I got to start over with my life, right? So how can you find your voice, your tribe, and your group? Number one is, I think when you look at the common denominator between all of the examples that I gave, and if you miss any part of that, you can go back once we replay the show and you can listen to that. But number one is you got to be authentic, right? You have to be real, right? I'm a food guy, so I always look for places that say this is authentic Mexican food or authentic Filipino food or authentic Italian food. I want the authentic. I don't want somebody trying to make a version of something and sell it to me, which happens all the time, right? I want the real Rolex. I don't want the Chinese-made Rolex. I want the authentic. Why do I want the authentic? Because the authentic has more value to it. The authentic resonates more than the duplicate copy or the faux version of something. You know, many people out there are just faux version of themselves. A lot of politicians are faux versions of themselves. They are not authentic. They simply want your vote. A lot of activists are not authentic. They may be passionate about something, but they just want your vote, your time, and your energy. And when they're done, they're done with you. They're on to the next cause. I like authentic people, right? I like people that keep it real, down to earth. Flo in her commercial is real. We could imagine eating lunch with Flo, sitting with Flo, at happy hour with Flo, inviting Flo to our house. Flo doesn't seem so far from us that we can't connect with Flo. And the reason why is because Flo sounds and looks authentic. She's not overdressed. She's not underdressed. She doesn't overconversate. She doesn't underconversate. She's funny. She's real. She gets to the point. We love that. Authentic. Be authentic. Are you authentic or are you running around becoming a social media or a marketing version of yourself? And when we get around you, we find. Look, I, lo- I have this happen all the time. I follow people on social media, so I follow the social media digital version of that person. And then when I meet them in real life, they're nowhere close to it. They are shorter. (laughs) They look different, right? They're not as made up. And I'm like, wow, you look very different in person than you do on social media. And that's not a compliment. In other words, they're not authentic. When I meet them, I meet the authentic person. But on social media, everything is doctored up. I got friends that I almost want to tell them, stop doctoring up your photos. Stop making yourself look that light. You're not that light, right? They're changing it. Your face ain't that smooth. I was just with you a few days ago, and I know your face don't look like that, right? But we're docking up. That doesn't make us look authentic. We think it does because we're trying to hide our flaws. But let me just tell you something. Your flaws is what make you authentic. Don't hide your flaws. Don't hide your flaws. You know, there was a theme going around, I don't know, about a year or two ago, where women were doing YouTube videos without makeup, right? And they were going, this is me, right? It was a campaign about that because they got tired of having to put on makeup to go out or to take pictures or to put on 
videos. And so they just start saying, this is me. I love that, right? Phil Robertson, who was the patriarch of a show called Duck Dynasty, maybe you guys remember, but one of the biggest family shows that uh, ever hit cable. I mean, it had over 12 million viewers in one single episode, just huge amounts of success. In one of the segments, Phil was giving some advice to one of his grandkids about makeup, about dating. And so he says, look, make sure you want the person to be as good on the inside as they are on the outside. Because um, a lot of makeup can hide a lot of evil, a lot of stuff, right? So sometimes when you got too much makeup on and too much masquerade or too much muscles going on, you might be hiding some stuff. So we may have to vet you a little bit more than that. And again, I, I love beautiful, attractive things. And women, I'm not saying, I'm not putting down anybody that wears makeup, that has to wear makeup. That's not the point. But let's be clear, some of you wear it way too much. I mean, man, it's on. Okay? So there's a balance in how much of that foundation and stuff you ought to wear. We want to see the real person. I don't want to be scared when I wake up in the morning and see you without makeup. Like, who is this? Oh, man. Is that who I was with? Right. I don't want I, I don't like those kind of surprises. Right. So we like the real person. And I, in relationships, in business, I don't want surprises. I don't want to think I'm in business with one partner and then I find out I'm in business with another because now all of a sudden they're not a, they weren't authentic. And now they're showing me the real self. Well, I just thought I want to tell you a few things. Well, that would have been good to know before we made the deal. Right. So being authentic. Number one is being authentic. Number two is down to earth. Being approachable. Right. Some uh, rich people are very cool to hang out with because they're down to earth. They don't make their money uh, or allow their money to make them unapproachable. Right. Same with athletes. There are athletes that are just down to earth. Right. I can think of some of our local past athletes here. uh, Ken Griffey Jr. or uh, Edgar Martinez, uh, uh, Jay Buhner, uh, guys that have played Gary Payton. Uh, the Rain Man, Sean Kemp, where I'm broadcasting the show from for your old Sonics fan. Those guys we were down to earth. They'd see you on the street, they'd shake your hand. They'd give you an autograph. They'd take a picture. There are other athletes that are not down to earth. There are other celebrities that are not down to earth. They do not want to talk to you. They want to charge you for the autograph. They got 50 bodyguards around them, right? They're just not down to earth. They're living on another planet, Right? They had one crazy person do something, and now they got 50 bodyguards, right? So be down to earth. Are you approachable? In your job, do you have resting bitch face? Come on, right? The people can't approach you, right? You're happy, but your face don't know it, right? You're not down to earth. Are you pretentious? Are you looking down your nose every time somebody in fear asks a question of you, Right? That's not down to earth. You can't find your voice. You can't find your tribe if that's the way you present yourself. you got to be approachable. One of the things I have to work on is I have a poker face. When I'm not, you know, intentionally being friendly, I can look mean. I can look unapproachable. So I'm always trying to work on that to make sure I smile more, to make sure people feel like they can approach me, right? Because you may be the difference in that person's day. And let me just tell you, ladies, just because you're beautiful and you might be a 10, that doesn't mean you can't be down to earth. It doesn't mean that every guy who says hi to you want to sleep with you. He might just want to say hi. 
dude, every girl who looks at you doesn't want to go out with you. She might just want to say, hi, how are you? Looking good, cool shoes, right? Let's not get so full of ourselves, so heavenly bound that we're earthly no good, right? I think when we look at the people that we've talked about, the Barack Obamas, the Cherry Maguires, the Flo, the Claires, the Lee Coca, they were down to earth in their conversation. And you can think of examples of people that you know that are down to earth. I have spent time around wealthy people. I've spent time around celebrities and athletes, and there are two groups of them. There are those that are down to earth, they're approachable, they'll sit down and they'll talk to you, and those that will not, right? Same thing in our everyday life. There are people that just don't talk to me. They would rather look down at their phone, okay? This is unapproachable, right? They see you coming, and they look down at their phone. They see you look at them, they look down at their phone. Right? We have this going on in our culture way too much. People, you never know whose day you can make. So I want to challenge you to be down to earth. Be approachable in your social media. Be approachable when you're on the street. Don't think you don't have something to offer somebody. You never know. You never know what you have to offer. Funniest thing, I'm leaving Starbucks, come do this show. Oh, I got a Starbucks. I think I'm looking good on purpose, right? I'm dressed. I'm down, right? Here's a guy standing out on the street with my shirt on, and he stops me. What does he say to me? Why are you wearing my shirt, right? I got three or four ways I could respond to that, right? But I told him, I said, you know what? Because I decided I want to be twins with you today, only in America, and I kept going. Right? I could have had several responses that nobody likes to see somebody wearing their stuff. Come on, right? Two women standing in the same room with the same dress on, there's going to be an issue. One of them are going to have to go, right? So it's about being authentic, down to earth. Number three is strike the common denominator. So if you're just joining us, we're talking about how do you find your voice, right? First of all, I guess I should step back. What's your message? Right? In order to have a voice, you got a message. Flo's message is not progressive insurance. Flo's message is about value, getting value for your money. Okay? Lee Iacocca's message was get value. Claire's Where's the Beef was value. What is your message? Is it pretty? Is it handsome? Is it strong? Is it rich? What's your message? Because in order to have a voice, I got to have a message, right? My message is motivation. You get around me five minutes, you're going to know what my message is. It's about motivating. It's about inspiring. It's about coaching. It's about you can do it. Come on. Let's go a few more miles more. You can do that. You can lose that 20 pounds. You can get that job. You can win that deal, right? That's me. That's my message, Right, you around me, you will pick that up. What is your message? Because if you want a voice, if your message is you're trying to keep up with the Kardashians, right? That's not much of a message. They already got the Kardashians. Who are you? Okay. If you're out, you got a big Michael Kors bag, but you ain't got no money in it. What kind of message is that? Right? I got more purse than I got money. Right? I got better shoes than I can afford them. Ah, not much of a message. I want to know what a person's message is. What is their story? So I want to find the common denominator that I know 
people have. I do this show because I believe the common denominator denominator is success. People want to be successful in their own life, whatever that means to them. People want to get to the next level in their life. People want to level up in their life. People want to 10x their income. That's why I do these shows. That's the common denominator of 100,000 people that have listened to the show since we started doing it. That's the common denominator. People want to do that. Maybe you share one of those common denominators. Maybe you don't. But find your common denominator of how am I going to reach people and why am I going to reach them and what is my message. So the next time you post your Instagram or your social media, and let me just tell you what the common denominator can't be. It can't be you, right? It can't be look at me. What am I about? This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm eating for dinner. This is who I'm hanging with. This is what I'm doing. That's just, that's about you. What does that do for me? I'm not hanging with Russell Wilson, right? I'm not eating at a five-star restaurant. What does that have to do with me? How does that inspire me to follow you and like you continue when you're throwing in my face what you're doing, okay? It's not the common denominator. Find the common denominator, right? I put up quotes on my Facebook three or four times a week. Right. I put inspiring things out there because I want somebody maybe is having a bad day to find that quote and say, hey, that's what I needed to hear for my day. Right. That's my message. That's my voice. And sometimes I'm doing stuff and I'll put stuff on there that's about me. But it's usually about 20 percent me and 80 percent for other people. That's what my social media is designed for. It's really designed for other people. It's not designed for me. I know what I'm doing in my life. I know what I'm doing every day. Right? I don't need you to know. I know what I'm doing every day. But I have a tool to put a message out there to let you know the next time we have a show that you can download or the next time we're going to be someplace that you can join up and shake hands. The next book that I have coming out that might inspire you or help you. That's why flow becomes flow. Because flow is not about flow. Flow is about her audience. Right? Flow is about connecting with it. Right. The next point is, so strike the common denominator, uh, be their friend. You know, some of these people you think when you listen to them, like I love uh, Coach Carroll of the Seahawks. Right. Coach Pete Carroll makes you think like he's your friend. Like he, he knows you personally, the way he talks, the way he does his press conferences. He just makes you feel like you're just part of the family. You're just an extended part of the family. Right. That's that's an authentic, authentic way to deliver yourself to people is to be a friend, is to let them know, hey, we, we, we come from the same ilk. We come from the same village. Connect that. Treat them like they're your friend. Treat them like their problem is your problem and your problem is their problem. That's what friends do, that you'll go the extra mile to find value. Flow goes the extra mile for you to find value so you can save money. Okay? And you go out and you buy the progressive insurance policy because flow saved you money. All right? Show you care. People don't care how much you know or how much you have until they know how much you care. Right? Care about my wallet. Care about what I'm going through. Right? I have a saying that nobody asks the lion how his day is going. The jungle does not go to the lion and say, how's your day going? Because the jungle doesn't care. Why? Because the lion is the king of the jungle. The gazelle does not go to the lion and say, hey, you doing all right today? No, they don't care, right? We have a I don't care attitude in our culture, right? 
people will watch somebody laying on the sidewalk having a medical situation and walk right by them. That's really sad, but that is true. I've seen it happen. Okay? And we've got our homeless problem in America that's continuing to grow. It's becoming an issue. And so now people can't, can't figure out who do I help, who do I not help. And sometimes we just decide, yeah, we're just not going to help anybody. Not sure that's the answer either. Right? So you got to show you care. Empathy. Right? I got to empathize with people. I think that's one of the things that I, uh, that I want to challenge our millennial audience on is to, it seems like a lot of our millennial uh, demographic is losing their empathy. And I think a lot of because you've grown up on social media and interactive stuff that's not empathetic. It's information in, information out, and it's just an exchange of data. And so you sort of get into where you operate relationships like that. Um, but you have to have a, a, a human empathy toward somebody's problem. I'll give you an example. I went to go pick up a vehicle yesterday, and I go into, and I hope she's not listening because I'm going to put her on blast. I go into, you know, uh, a rental car company, right? Young lady stand behind the bar. I mean, uh, behind the bar. What did I got on my mind? Behind the counter. And I told her I made a reservation for the vehicle. And so she says, hey, what are you doing this weekend, right? Because it's Halloween weekend, and, you know, she's probably got that on her mind. And I say, hey, look, I'm just kind of recovering. I had some things going on with my vehicle, and, you know, I'm just kind of trying to get that right. She didn't comment one thing about that. She didn't say, man, that sucks, or sorry to hear that, or she just went on about the next part of the conversation. Oh, yeah, okay, and here's the car, da, 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 right? That's a lack of empathy, Right? It's not that I wanted her to be sympathetic to me, and maybe a portion of me did, but the fact of the matter is, no empathy. Right? Sometimes people want you to ask how their day is going so they can tell you about, I don't want to tell you my whole business, but sometimes let me know that you care, that I'm not just another client statistic number standing in front of you. I love some of the Starbucks baristas that get in the conversation with, how you doing? Man, that's a cool drink. You know, and, and that's great because now I'm being humanized. People who are spokespeople know that they need to humanize their audience. They need to show empathy. So I want to challenge you, show some empathy, find someone just to empathize with. I mean, you have to agree with them. You just empathize with them. How's your day going? Cool. Man, sorry to hear that. Hope your day get better. That's it. That's enough empathy to help that person get on to the next stop. I Lastly, and this is to all my marketing people, the people that sell products, real estate, finance, mortgage, tell but don't sell, right? Nothing's worse than a person that gets in front of you and starts selling you on the merits and benefits of something that you haven't even decided that you want to buy. Well, here's what it does, this, that, and the other. I don't really care. I'm not even ready to buy. Yeah, but you got to have this, that, and the other, right? It does this. It turns on automatically and turns off, right? You're selling me, but you're not telling me anything. Tell me why I want to own this. Tell me the benefits of this, right? Tell me why I want to be in relationship with you. Tell me why I want to work with your company. Tell me why I want to date you. Tell me why I want to have a relationship or an opportunity or something with you. Don't sell me on you, right? Because what happens when you sell people on things, then they develop an expectation. And then what happens with it is it's not met. So I, I've been staying around in Airbnbs, right? That's been what I've been doing since I sold my property and, you know, working on getting settled and getting to a place, right? 
But one of the things that happens when you're looking up an Airbnb, what happened is the person's trying to sell you on their Airbnb, right? Because they know there's 300 other options that you have, depending on what area you choose, and they want you to choose their Airbnb, their property, right? So what happens is people, instead of just telling me the features of the property, they go into selling me the features of the property and selling me the benefits of staying in the Airbnb. Oh, it's right close to downtown. Oh, it's right close to a restaurant. Oh, you walk right here and you walk right there. Oh, it's in the heart of Capitol Hill or Fremont or whatever it is. You get there, it's not even close, right? The restaurant is a broken down diner, right? The, the downtown is like five miles away, 10 miles away. Right. So it's not what they sold me on. Had they just told me that it would have been better. Maybe you don't get as many reservations, but you're now you're going to get some bad reviews because you, you, you sold me on something that didn't. Don't sell people on experiences that you don't have the ability to deliver on. Right. There's a story about Walt Disney and I'll wrap up our show with this is Walt Disney started Disneyland, and one of our, my, our leaders, uh, Ben Kenny with the Ben Kenny Company, shared this with me. And I probably won't get all of it right, but I'll try to get as close as I can. So Walt Disney wanted to start this amusement park, right, in South Florida. Now, if any of my listeners have ever been to South Florida, there are two pesky things in South Florida that you don't want to deal with. Number one, gators. Right. There are alligators in the South. Number two is mosquitoes and mosquitoes carry viruses. And they usually breed because Florida has a lot of swamp, stagnant water. So here, Walt Disney wants to build an amusement park in the middle of a swamp, stagnant mosquito breeding region. So Walt Disney, in order to understand what his customers and visitors and people and staff was going to deal with, and he did not want the possibility of, of advancing any diseases or anything. So one of the things that he discovered is that if water is moving, it won't be stagnant, and the mosquitoes won't breathe there and lay eggs in the water. So that is why in South Florida, when you go to Disney, there is fountains, because they keep the water moving so that it won't get stagnant in it. He went up and above that. That would have been great, but he went one step further. He researched plants that would hang at a certain angle so that water wouldn't gather in the leaf of the plant. The water would fall off, so it wouldn't sit there so a mosquito would come and nest in the plant. You can't make that up. Go look at the history of that. That's the level of relating authenticity, down-to-earth connection that Walt Disney wanted with every person who would come to the Disney theme park. Make sure the mosquitoes can't breathe so people can come to the theme park and not be bitten. What are you willing to go up and above to do so you can have your voice and reach your tribe and reach your sphere and reach your village, right? Want to be the leader? You want to be number one? You want to be the champion? You want to be the influencer? You're going to have to find your voice. You're going to have to go up and above the call of duty 
You're going to have to do more than what you are paid for. You're going to do more than what the contract calls for in order to be able to obtain that. So I'm hoping that at least one of you out there finds your voice this week. Do something that moves yourself in the direction of finding your voice, hitting your sphere, and impacting your local nation and eventually the world. You've been listening to Lewis Howard Live. It's been a pleasure coming and sharing these insights with you. You can always hit us up at Lewis at lhoward360.com. You can find us on Facebook under Lewis Howard Live. We're on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Lewis Howard at Twitter, the Lewis Howard, if you want to follow. I don't post that much on Twitter, but you can follow us. Instagram, the Lewis Howard, and of course, Facebook. D. Lewis Howard, you can find us, and you can get our shows 24-7 on most podcast platforms, and you can email those shows, download them right onto your smartphone, and you can listen as you're driving or in your car with Apple Play, you can listen. So however you get it, just get it and be part of the conversation. We'll see you next time on another podcast radio edition of Lewis Howard Live. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today.